Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Good morning and welcome. Uh, I'm here with my Talking Joy team. We're missing a few today just for uh, colds and vacations, but uh, Jennifer, Joanne, Blair, and Lindsay and myself are here today, and Earl, our technician. Um, I wanted to talk today uh, about uh, fear. Um, and I'll, I'll just read this to you. It says, uh, Fear never wrote a symphony or a poem, negotiated a peace treaty, or cured disease. Fear never pulled a family out of poverty or a country out of bigotry. Fear never saved a marriage or a business. Courage did that. Faith did that. People who refused to consult or cower to their timidities did that. But fear itself, fear herds us into a prison and slams the doors. Um, And this is from a book called Fearless by Max Licato. He also goes on to say, The presence of fear does not mean that you have no faith. Fear visits everyone, but make fear your visitor and not a resident. Um, So I just wanted to talk about fear um, mostly because there's just a lot going on in the world. And, um, uh, you know, I have felt fear. Fearful. I don't know how about how you guys feel with the coronavirus mm-hmm. um, and all the news that's very fear generating. Um, and I just wondered, you know, how or uh, how do you feel about it? Or do you feel fearful? Do you how do you manage your fear? Um, um, for me, you know, I, I was just speaking with someone this morning, and she was supposed to be going to London tomorrow, and they canceled her flight because of what's going on yeah um and myself I don't I don't I'm not afraid I feel like if if something's meant to happen it's meant to happen I can't stop something like that but um I knowing that there's something if we're speaking just on uh you know the the virus that's going around that that gives me a little uneasiness but um you know as long as you take care of yourself and wash your hands and, you know, do everything that they're telling you to do. That's, that's one thing. But, um, that, I mean, if that's what we're talking about right now, but, um, and fear in general, there's, yeah, certain things bring you fear. Yeah. The unknown and not knowing. And see, fears takes us out of the present moment and brings us into the future of like what could happen. And so I want to talk a little bit today about how to stay more present about, you know, the other morning, my husband came into my son porch where you guys all know I pray in, in the morning and, and have quiet time. And sometimes he just like bounds in there. <clears throat> and I looked up and he was, he said something like, you know, how about this weekend? Should we go, you know, to, to this, our son's running in Massachusetts. Should we go up to the meet on Friday? And he was just, and I just said, you know what? I just, I need to do today. <laughs> And let's talk about that tonight, because I just didn't have the mindset for it. I just had a lot on my plate on Wednesday, and and, and a lot of times that's how I handle fear. I will um, 
not manage my calendar way off into the distance. Like we're going to tape the podcast next month, and we were just talking, Joanne and I, before everybody came, about what the dates are. I, was like, I have no idea. I know that it's twice. <laughs> I've looked. I've <laughs> since looked it up. Right. But I just can't, for me personally, I can't constantly be thinking too far off. I kind of need to, to be right here, right now, in, in today. And it doesn't mean I have my blinders on. You know, I was at Trader Joe's yesterday, walking around, buying lots of <laughs> non-perishable food, trying to be casual <laughs> on the demo. <laughs> Nobody else seemed to be. I felt like I was the only crazy person. But I bought a lot of granola bars, a lot of pasta, a lot of... A lot of things. Um, do you guys feel like you're doing any of that? Or are you you're not concerned? Yeah. I feel like preparing for things is how I manage fear. So if there's okay. there's fear of things that you can't control, you know, if there's going to be a hurricane, obviously you have no control over whether it happens, but or there's going to be a pandemic. But if you can prepare yourself and your family and take all the steps that you can, then that helps me stay in the present rather than, you know, worrying what if schools are closed, you know. My husband's flying to London on Sunday, and they haven't canceled his flight. So he, I just told him, you know, clearly wash your hands, never touch your face. You know, as soon as you get to the hotel, take a shower. When you get home, let's put all of your clothes in a bag. And all we can do is our best. And if you're prepared, then it helps you manage fear. So I'm hearing that you're preparing yourself. Have you, have you done anything for preparation? Yeah, I mean, With I have this. all the non-perishables and yeah. all the you know, things that we might need. I'm not a doomsday planner, to be very clear. I'm afraid yeah. of those people. They <laughs> worry me deeply. The people who have bunkers and stockpile weapons. Yeah. I think they're, it's a different mindset that I can't relate to at all. But just making sure that, you know, casually, without getting anyone spun up, we're all careful. <clears throat> I had a conversation yesterday with someone about that whole idea of, like, I don't want to be the last guy here. <laughs> I don't want two years' worth of supplies. And then I'm down to, like, that half cup of sugar, and I'm the only one left. So so I get what you're saying is that be prepared, but don't go into sort of that, that you know, doomsday sort of uh, mentality because that just sets us in a complete spiral of, of fear. Um so uh, um, since our brains are only um, conscious to focus on one thing at a time, once you're in the act of doing, your fears can, can subside. So I feel like if I'm busy doing things, I'm not necessarily thinking about it. And so maybe this goes for those people who are sitting in front of the TV and just listening, and the fear just grows and grows and grows because you could listen to the TV all day long. You could, when just the pol political climate in this country... You could just turn the TV on and just have that on in the background all day long, and it and it sets fear in you because you don't maybe agree with or like what they're saying. Um, so it's important to check in and see, you know, how you're how you're managing it and how you're going about your day, because it can paralyze us. Um, it said fear is said to be the most powerful emotion known to humankind, more powerful even than love. Our very survival depends on it. Fear is triggered in the most primitive part of our brain, the part responsible for alerting and protecting us from danger, keeping us safe, keeping us alive. Fear in the form of fight or flight response to stress originated with our earliest ancestors when confronted with life-threatening danger. Um, what do you guys think of that? You know, I, I, you know, what immediately came to my mind was I think about children and how they have no fear. And, you know, when they're learning a new skill, 
and to be able to do master that skill when they're younger, um, when they don't have that fear that I think adults gain as they get older, and I think it's because of <clears throat> experiences we've all had as we get older. Um, That's a great point, because when I was researching some of this, there was something written about our past experiences. If we weren't successful at something, or we weren't good at something, or we had a bad experience with something, that later on that that can cause fear and block us from moving through it. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's just, uh, it, insert, it depends on situation, but, you know, having that childlike mentality of not having the fear to try and overcome something that, you know, you want to try and master um, versus being an adult and listing all the things that could go wrong or what could happen if you weren't successful. But sometimes it's like, you know, just taking that jump of faith like, yeah. to get past that. Yeah. So I used to be afraid to speak. Isn't, isn't that ironic? It's in public. <laughs> Here we are. But I was so afraid that I, um, I would just, like, feel sick to my stomach. I mean, all those feelings everybody feels. You feel sweaty, and, and like, my tongue would feel like it was huge, and, and I couldn't talk. And, and I remember uh, being in church years ago, and they would ask me to get up and give a talk on, I don't know, stewardship, because my family gave money, or I don't and, and I was like, oh, okay, well, let me think about that. And I remember, so I did it, and then somebody else asked me again, oh, would you get up and, and help with the service? And, and so every time they asked me, I said yes. And the more and more that I did it, I over, overcame the fear, and you know, it ended up being a gift for me, and, and it drew out something in me that I didn't quite <clears throat> see. Um, and I remember being up in church once and, and I was sitting there and I was thinking waiting and waiting and how you have to wait until it's your turn to talk and it felt like you know it was three weeks and I was like rocking back and forth like oh I think I might throw up no I'm gonna be <laughs> just breathe I'm okay I'm okay and then oh I think I'm gonna be sick and I got up and I did it and I sat back down and then you feel like felt like I felt woozy I mean like all of these different things I'm like I don't want to faint in front of the whole congregation <laughs> And I remember afterwards, people came up, like my husband, and he was like, oh, it was great, good job. And I was like, really? You're like, you have no idea what you, you went no through. You have no idea what I went through. And he was like, oh, I didn't see that at all. No. He was like, no, you did a great job. And I, and I, so I was so surprised at myself. So every time the invitation, and then I thought to myself, you know what, I'm so afraid of doing this. Every time I get the invitation, I'm going to push myself. So see how fear blocks us? So if I had said no that very first time to that invitation, and I had let fear get in the way then, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So it calls us to challenge it sometimes. Um, I, and I guess I, you know, that was always a big fear of mine is public speaking. What, what are some of the fears that maybe you've had in your lives, had or have had? <laughs> I don't have, like, super irrational fears. I'm kind of like Blair. I feel like preparing and not thinking about all that crazy stuff. But I do have three, and um, one... I attribute to a Sex in the City episode, but it's being by myself and choking <laughs> on a piece <laughs> of food. That episode, the I, I have like a fear of being by myself and having oh to like give myself the Heimlich over a chair, um, oh my gosh. which is weird. Um, but two is um, fires. My husband loves wood burning fireplaces. We have two, and we use one every weekend. 
and I will not go to bed if it's burning. Um, and it's sometimes I yell at him at like seven. I'm like, don't put another log on because it'll keep me up. And, but I have a ranch house, so we do have like a pretty easily, um, like the doors are pretty um, accessible. And I have gone through a fire plan with my kids, even as young as my youngest is three. Um, and I have a plan of like, if I say like, get out of the house, they know exactly where to go, which neighbor's house. So that is an, a, you know, an irrational fear that I have kind of taken. But I think it's not irrational yeah. necessarily. Well, it's not irrational, yeah. but it's, I've, I've, you know, talked to my toddler children about it because I just am so scared about it. But anyways, and then my other one is drowning and, you know, and that doesn't happen until you become a mom. Like all those crazy fears mm -hmm. of running in the street and all that stuff, but drowning, I have dreams about it. About my, like, you know, not being able to reach my child in time, not, you know, having a conversation and <clears throat> not realizing my child was drowning. And it's like a paralyzing fear of mine. And so my kids are in swim lessons, like, around the year round. Year round. So, Fire safety. And then once they're yeah. like, you know, my, my oldest one is out of that stage where she can play in a pool all day and I don't have to worry about her. And once I'm at that stage with all three of my kids, I will relax at the pool because it just makes me so crazy. Um, but... With that said, I don't have like crazy fears about, you know, pandemics and things like that. Um, I do have a trip planned to California in two months. And I, if it was next week, I would say no problem, let's go. But I don't know where we're going to be in two months. We might have to reschedule because if it hits, you know, up and down California pretty badly, just because all the planes yeah. are landing there mm -hmm. right now and the cruise ships and stuff. You know what but. I'm hearing you say is, um, is that you have these fears, which are completely reasonable to have as a mom, but you also have things in place. Mm -hmm. So you're not, you're not paralyzed yes, by it. You no. have things in place. You're teaching your kids how to swim. You're doing fire safety drills and you're also making sure that the, <laughs> so log, that the fire isn't like burning. <laughs> I think, that's I think we were all there. I think it's all reasonable. Yeah. Fire is a huge fear of mine also. Yeah. And I do the same thing. We talk about it often too. can't jump from a second story window. And it, well, you know, like, you know my son scary. has a ladder under his bed Good. so that he can put it out the window if he needs. <laughs> That's so smart. Yeah. But my parents did the same thing with me, so that could be why. Maybe they instilled that fear. But I, it's it's not a fear that, like, paralyzes me. It's just something I'm truly aware of, I would more right, so yeah. say. Right. right, exactly. And I feel like every family needs to be prepared. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It doesn't paralyze me, but I will, just on those nights where I need to think about it, I'll be more conscious But I'll do the it. same thing yeah. with, like, the fire or yeah. with the lint in the dryer, like, cleaning up, making yeah. sure I'm always cleaning out the lint, making sure my husband's cleaning the thing behind the dryer. Yeah. For some reason, it's a fire... And like the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm hearing too is a theme of like, look, let's just have some common sense. Here. Right. Let's right, be right. prepared right. for the you know what ifs, and it's it's the people that amaze me, and maybe they're better off than me. I don't know, but there was there was a guy who worked at the local grocery store yesterday, and and I was joking with the manager. I was like, don't judge me because I'm buying like all this cough medicine, and I bought a bunch of because I don't keep anything in my house. I'm not a actually. I'm not a uh, full pantry stock. I like, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Right. And it depends what mood I'm in. So I shop a lot and I buy a lot of fresh vegetables, which you can't keep anyway. So I don't have a lot of stocked up stuff. And so I've been secretly running around this week getting things. But he was like, what? What are you buying that for? Really? He was like, it's just the flu. And, and he was so, but I thought, oh, you're going to be the guy who's unprepared. He was like, oh, you need is a bottle of whiskey. I don't feel like <laughs> well, then there's also that thought of like manifesting the idea. You know, if you think about it too much right. and you worry about it too right. much, then you know what? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I feel you know. like if you can process it, 
Right. And then come up with a plan, like Lindsay was saying and Joanne was saying. Yeah. Then you can allay your fears, put them up on a shelf, and mm-hmm. say, I have processed this, I prepared for it, and now I'm going to stop listening to it. Right. Right. Like, and move on to whatever's going on in the present. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't have CNN on in the background. Like after 9 11, sure. we were working yeah. in a hotel room because our office was shut down because um, we were at the World Financial Center, and all day long we had CNN mm-hmm. on. And I started so like, manifesting like oh, hives God. because they were talking about anthrax all day long. And it, it, it gets to you because sure. I couldn't shut it off. I was with a, my you know senior banker in the hotel room, which is really strange. But um, I, you know, you, it was a constant chatter. And if we had just turned off the television and not listened to it, because we, I think we and had. And here's what I was just saying too: is about that busy work with the mind. You would have just been busy with your work, mm-hmm. but yet there was all of this like fear-inducing stuff coming at you. And so one of the healthy things that we can all do and the takeaway from this conversation is just shut it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself. Don't be a knucklehead and not yeah. do anything. I never wing it, but yeah. have a but, plan and then stop listening to it right. all. Yeah. Yeah. And realize unless there's new information that can change your plan, <clears throat> yep. just realize that there's no, only so much you can do. Yeah. But so, I, I feel like listening to that, that constant chatter yeah. really does raise your general anxiety level. And it's, sure. I know it's not good for me, so I don't do it anymore. My mom no, is sure. one of those constant listen-to-the-news people. She's a news junkie. Um, and she's, like, one of those people that, like, yells at the TV and all that stuff. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, and when she comes to visit and stay with us, it's on all day. And my husband's like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be, like, constant. And it's the volume up a yeah, little louder all than you the, would normally Yeah, it's have all it. politics. She watches all the politics stuff. And I said to her, like, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, like, what does, like, you know, the CNN channels, what are they talking about? Because it's all been covered in the Morning Joe and the Squawk Box the same and all thing that stuff. At nine, the same and thing she was like, oh, night. they find new things to talk, new spins to talk about the same five stories. And I'm like, literally, I want to, like, chop my ears off. I don't understand this. But she, like, soaks it up, and it's not healthy. And I know we all make fun of her for it. But I don't understand how they do it all day. They literally have the same stuff running all day. Yeah. Different people. So I'm hearing the invitation is to quiet down the noise, keep yourselves busy with activities. And then you touched on something, Joanne, a couple of seconds ago that I caught because a girl I exercise with um, said to me yesterday, she said, I started to think about the coronavirus, Pam, and then I thought of you. And I thought, no, I don't want to draw it towards me. And so what we fear oftentimes, and is this what you were sort of getting at, is that you draw things towards you. Or you it's can like that energetically. energy, what you're thinking of energetically, you're bringing into your life. Okay. So that's why they talk about trying to think of good, positive thoughts and things that think about what you want to manifest into your life as opposed to things that you don't. Um, and like you, what you were saying also earlier with um, thinking about the calendar and you would get worried about things that you have ahead of time. I used to do the same thing too and get really stressed out when I knew I had a lot planned. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that, and I read a quote somewhere where we're all given the energy we need for a day. And then we go to bed at night and we rest and you have everything you need for the next day. And so just take everything day by day. And I started doing that and worrying less about the future. I mean, obviously having goals and plans, but worrying less about next week and just taking care of today and being present for today, the best I can be for today. And I feel like that really released a lot of anxiety and worry, especially as a mother. Yeah. 
Um, so just like you were saying. And I feel like I live that way too. And it's so and much sometimes easier. other people find it frustrating right. about me because. And I feel bad, yeah, but. Yeah, people who want to book me, you know, a year from That's now. Me. And it's I just, <laughs> the thought of that, I feel closed in because right. it's just too much. And I always feel like the day unfolds how it's going to unfold, even when I have the perfect plan. You know, right. sometimes if, and a friend of mine said this to me too, this, um, my friend uh, Lori, who's a shaman, she said, you know, the day has a way of, when you're overbooked, of mm. of file, file, falling into place and, right. and things fall away that aren't needed. And so if I have something, you know, at 8 and then I run somewhere else at 10 and then 2 and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's too much. When I'm not, when am I even going to eat lunch? And then somehow the 10 o'clock gets canceled and then there's all of a sudden there's a little space that I didn't have and... And so even when I try to plan things out perfectly, you, we all know how life is. It doesn't always go that way anyway. So I figure trying to plan out next Wednesday, I have right. stuff on my calendar, but I don't really look at that until like Sunday. Right. I kind of know what's out there, but not. And I, and I also feel like it, like we were just saying, it makes you feel more present in the day. Yes. Like you can be more prepared for the next day yeah. and be more present and hopefully be manifesting good yeah. thoughts, positive actions. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you more awake to to the present moment. Right, absolutely. I need to work oh. on that. I'm so I feel icky when I don't have like my schedule. Well, no, I I mean I definitely <laughs> schedule. I definitely schedule, and I try to stay on top of it too. Yeah, but um, I focus on that's the the next word. Yes, I you know, to be like better at that. so yeah, I might my my schedule might be a little bit you know it's there might might have little things that might need to be fixed here and there, but I focus on the next day or I focus on that day. Yeah. Um, and then I worry about the next life. Because I found that when I was worrying about the future too much, it gave me too much anxiety. Mm -hmm. And everybody's different. That might not be the same yeah. for everybody. But that's yeah, how it was for me. Type. But I felt right. overwhelmed, and I think I adjusted. I thought of everything I, I had to do. In order to perform self-care on myself, <laughs> yeah. I can only focus on yeah, some what's yeah. ahead of me for today. Right. And tomorrow's a little, I know what we're doing, but it's a little loose. And you'll know you'll have had a night of rest in between. <laughs> in between before I tackle that. So does anybody else, Lindsay, you shared some of your fears. Anybody else have fears? Anybody else with the public I, speaking well, one? No, I, I, I always liked speaking in public. But um, when my kids were younger, I had a fear because it seemed to have gone through a wave where there were children being abducted or being approached by cars so I was always afraid and my kids like to have um, lemonade stands mm -hmm. and I would be afraid to leave them out there by themselves and when I when I'd set up their little lemonade stand I'm like okay we're not going to put it too close to the curb so it was like on the grass a little bit more yeah. so somebody would have to come out of the car to come so I don't have that fear anymore because my kids are older and we've had so many talks on and we, I still do. Um, you know, there's so many internet, you know, people that are not, um, desirable to talk yeah. to your children, but, but things like that. Um, I had just fear when my kids were little yeah. too. Um, and I still do sometimes. <clears throat> I was at the mall with one of my 17 year old daughter recently and she didn't have her cell phone with her, but she wanted to go look at another store. And I said, well, I'll come to the store and meet you. And then I, that actually went through my mind. I'm like, oh, she's so cute. Somebody <laughs> might snap her up. Yeah. Um, so I, do, I don't know why I have that fear, too. You know, just as an aside, um, 
if you're on Facebook and you go on Facebook and somebody says, you know, what, what they like and, you know, they have their likes or whatever it is, I don't ever look at that. If you want to know what somebody is all about, just look at whatever they like or what they post and it'll give you like a complete quick, you know, rundown snapshot. on what the person's like. Yeah. Snapshot, thank you. Um, and I have a cousin who constantly posts things about kids getting abducted. Or if somebody's abducted, she she posts <clears throat> forwards the... And I'm like, oh, that's a huge fear of hers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very telling to yes. me. That's what she cares about. She's a school teacher. She's worried about kids being abducted. And her fear, you know, is represented, I feel like, in her... In her Facebook in her feed. timeline. In her yeah. timeline. Yeah. Interesting. Um, isn't that interesting? My so, cousin, I have a cousin, not not fear-wise, but she's a huge animal advocate, and everything she posts has something to do yeah. with, like, yeah. adopting, or she rescues <clears throat> dogs, yeah. or whatever's going on in the news, which is always sad, too, to see the, with the animals. But, um, yeah, so I definitely can tell you're right. You can, and I had a cousin who, like a cousin that I, I knew when we were kids but did not know as an adult, and she passed away a couple of years ago, and I sent her mom a note, and when in the condolence note, I wrote, wow, you could tell, I know this sounds silly, but from Facebook, what she was passionate about, she had a huge heart. Everything was about, like, caring for other, like, it was, she didn't post about anything else mm-hmm. except for, like, big heart things. And you could tell what kind of a person she was when she walked the earth. That, that's what her cares were. Um, but that was, a, that was a fear of mine, too, of, yeah. of the kids. Yeah. And so you put things in place, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, you didn't Lots. leave them out front no. with the lemonade stand. Um, I, I kept a watchful eye. But I want, you know, and also you try and teach them tools to be aware of or yeah. Yeah. and to gain some independence. Yeah, and so speaking of some tools, um, Henrik Edberg uh, wrote these like six strategies that you can start today for fear. And the first one is, um, he says, uh, you keep the fear foggy and undefined. And I don't know what that means other than as long as your fear of doing something is foggy and undefined, just floating around in your head will hold you back often from growing stronger, um, which doesn't really, doesn't make any sense. So let's, let's unpack that I, I feel that like that bit. does make sense to me, actually. It does. All right, tell Wait, me Because I feel like if you just think, I'm afraid of this, like I don't know what to mm-hmm. do, and you don't get specific, then you can't come up with an action plan. Nice. And so if you're worried that you don't want to say, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't have the fear of speaking in public, but say I did, I'd be worried that maybe I would freeze up there and I would just... Go blank. Go blank yeah. and just, you know, be a deer in the headlights. But then you can say, okay, so my specific fear is I'm not going to know what to say. I'm going to lose my train of thought and I'm going to be, I'm going to look, look like an idiot. So as a result, I'm going to give myself speaker's notes and in case I forget my glasses or whatever, I'll make them large and I'll highlight the words where I need to look up and then I'll have a plan. So I think that yep. if you have a, like, if you're really afraid of, you know, mm. I don't, an intruder, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you can, can't say specifically what you're afraid of. Like, I'm afraid of someone coming, you know, when I'm not in the house yep. or when I am in the house, you can have an alarm system right. or a plan. Right. And so I think that all the fears that everyone's talking about, you have a plan. And I, I'm afraid of right. things that, I don't know what could happen. Like, 
you know, I was driving a carpool and with my nine-year-old and someone mentioned a, a local suicide of a very young girl. And I was terrified that mm. I had never talked to my child about this. Mm. And now he was hearing about it from somebody else. Uh-huh. In front of all these friends. And, and you and, have to say the right thing. And then you, and so I, you, I feel like those types of things, you know, I'm afraid of things that I don't know could come up, but like yeah. being yeah. able to have a plan to start a dialogue with your child about, you know, even if someone says they have a puppy in their backseat and they need help feeding it or whatever it is, yeah. you know, sometimes people aren't honest about what they want you to do. And if you ever, if someone's offering you candy, I promise I'll give you candy if you say no to them or, you yeah. know, whatever it is, or yeah. they're giving you Lego sets, I'll give you the Lego set if you don't go with them, you know, having a specific plan. Right. So what he wrote on here, clarity, having clarity over it. That's the, the yeah. foggy versus getting some clarity, and that's what I heard you saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second thing on the list is uh, to keep your, uh, you keep your fear to yourself. Often we do that. Um, Wait, is he saying we should or we no, should not? No, he's saying that that's what we tend to do is we keep our fear to ourselves. So how many times, Lindsay, have you mentioned that you're afraid, you know, outside of your house of the fire or... The drowning, like, do you really talk about that? Yeah, or? How have we not talked about that? I, I don't. Have, I'm talking, talking about I've talked about it. Have you talked about it? I don't think we have. I have, have talked about it with you. Um, I've talked about it with Blair probably because she's at the pool with me, and I get very distracted with you know seeing people yes. there. And I remember. Um, my kids are you know sometimes not the smartest. Um, but but you're right. But also, I feel like if you talk about it all the time, then a you get labeled as a little nutso, mm. or b people start thinking about it too, and that's also not fair, right? Yep. I don't know. That's interesting. He says when you keep your fear to yourself, in his experience, it can easily take charge of your imagination and build a horrific, paralyzing nightmare in your mind. Just being alone with the fear, it is easy to lose touch with reality. Mm. Instead, he says that you should... So allow those friends to talk you off the ledge. Yeah, to talk you off the ledge and not necessarily label you. um, Because that's another fear, too, that you'll people think you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're afraid of everything here. Um... He says the writing, writing it out, another step is uh, to share it with someone else, um, to getting some level-headed input from a friend. Um, even like what Blair just said, that was level-headed input. Yeah. You know, and I feel like by sharing it with others, you know, you can connect, and then other people don't feel as bad, too, if they have the same fear. That's true. You can You know, community. and then other people mm-hmm. also see you as more real. I think there's nothing wrong with that and at all. And look here. Jennifer and I both had the abduction fear. I'm sure every you two parent both does. had the fire. <laughs> so we we are all much yeah. more alike yeah, right. than unlike. Yeah. We think we're sometimes right. suffering things in our own heads that, but everybody else is really right. having the same exact, right. the same thoughts. Um, and I liked what Blair said too about, you know, I like to parent my kids, and I don't want them mm-hmm. to learn things that of real serious nature outside of me. Right. I don't want another kid telling my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're in second grade about sex, because Mm -hmm. I want to tell them about those things. But you know how to do that, (laughs) (laughs) or leave it to the front. The dialogue. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. But you know what I'm saying. Like I want them to learn because you know what is what does Bobby know? You know who's seven years old. It could be pretty graphic. Could be appropriate, right? So anyway, most likely not. Hopefully. So here, number three is you focus on aspects that will keep you stuck. That, that's true, too. You know, we get stuck in, in sort of like this cycle of fear. Um, and a change in perspective is needed, is what he says. You can get it by talking to your friend or a family member, or by exchanging ideas and experiences about what opportunities lie ahead to move forward. 
Um, I feel like that's what our Jars of Joy quotes do. You know, they give us a different perspective. We might be stuck somewhere, stuck in a fear, stuck in something, but yet we might have, you know, read something or hear something or somebody inspires us to have new eyes and a new way for, for seeing things and it can make all the difference. You know, the situation hasn't changed at all. Nothing is different. Your kids are still having the lemonade stand, but how you see it changes. Mm -hmm. Or the same thing, your husband's enjoying a fire on a Friday night, but just how you see it, right. you know. And the, fun, and the funny thing about that is that the fire fear, I mean, like maybe when I moved into the house and started actually having fires, but there was a news story, a really tragic event that happened in Connecticut, and yeah, a Christmas oh, kind of fire situation. I'm sure it was a national story. Yeah. I mean, it was so tragic. And that's where my fear kind of started, which is sad that like a news story sparked that in me. But now I feel like I'm fire smart because of it. Okay. But it's still. I like, feel like there's always a reason oh, why we have yeah. our fears. That's, like I know with that story me, stuck with me. I actually because I, younger, I had babies, and you know yeah. there were some tra there were some casualties in the fire, yeah. and I had babies, and I was like, oh my god, that's what like. Could you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so our past experiences shape how we approach things in the future. Like there was a girl and that somebody nearby my house had an indoor pool and young girl drowned when I was a kid. I've always been terrified of pools because uh -huh. parents were having a party right. and I'll never forget it. I was a little kid, but I'll never forget that. And then, um, uh, you know, it just, it just sticks with you uh -huh. forever. And the same thing with, uh, there was like, I don't even know if it was true, but some lady was ironing and when I was a kid, and she apparently was strangled in her in her house while she was ironing. You know, I don't know if it was like a like a legend or whatever it was, anymore. but I remember always driving by the house, <laughs> and the kids so would say, "That's where the lady got." So I literally every time I iron, I'm always like my back door because and it's and it's so irrational. But it's that fear from when I was a kid. Yeah. You see, you see how you the bring that. So that news story zinged you, mm -hmm. guy, which was it's horrific anyway. And by the way, the mother, um, uh, I think she either wrote a book or I heard her being interviewed recently. Oh really? Um, mm. Yeah, you might want to look it up. And I mean, and I think she's no, had. No, it was pretty inspirational. I think she has kids again. Okay. I think. Okay. I heard that. Yeah. Anyways. So, uh, but that but that gives you a glimpse of um, hope for the future, and, it, and this leads me into. I just want to read this. Um, this is by uh, by Joyce Rupp, and this was a little bit about fear. But she was going to do a workshop, um, and uh, I think what she said in here was that um, they took black. So they were inside like a little cabin, and they wanted the room really dark. And they took like black curtains and they put them up all over the windows and taped them all up to make it like really, really dark. And when they went inside the space in the middle of the day, light was still cracking in. Mm -hmm. You know, through the cracks, you know how that happens? Mm -hmm. Like you try to black out a room, but, and she was saying that that's hope in the midst of like that darkness or fear that we experience in life, that the light is always gets in the grace of God or, you know, there's always room for that. And so when you hear those horrific stories, there's always, I hope, you know, there's, you know, she went on to have more kids mm -hmm. or there's some more to that woman's story mm -hmm. that could give you a, a, like a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Um, the aftermath. When people <coughs> overcome great tragedies like that. Mm. Um, for sure. Can I just say, yeah. it was, yeah, uh, just ahead. a couple of days ago, I like I have notes on my phone, and I just when I think of something, sometimes I just write them down. And speaking on that, I, I just 
and I don't know if I heard it before or it just, I don't know why it just came to me and I wrote, um, if there is no darkness, you can't see the light. Mm -hmm. And then I also wrote, seek the light in the darkness. So there's always something you try and learn from the darkest times or the yeah. dark, you know, being in the dark. Yeah. That's why we have them. Yeah. yeah. And we're all old enough that we've had experiences in our lifetimes already, like 9-11, and that we saw, you know, great things come out of great tragedy. You know, there was hope amidst the ashes of that. And the same thing with whatever we're facing in the world today, that there is hope that that light will get in, that, you know, the, the normalcy of our everyday routines might be disrupted, but there's still that grace of being in community with one another. And, the, you know, I've, I've loved, there's a psalm, I um, can't remember which one off the top of my head, but it's love begets love and fear begets fear. And so let's focus on the love when we're fearing things that might be happening. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at talkingjoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.